Welcome back to Own Goal Podcast. I say welcome back because, as always, we took a, a bit of a lengthy break between recordings. Part we, of that was uh, my fault for once. I finally took a vacation, so I will take half the blame. We would promise to do better moving forward, but like, at this point, what are empty promises, right? We'll record when we record. You'll listen when you listen. Uh, it's episode 28, date of recording is April 9th, 2019. Got a lot to talk about, but most importantly... Soccer is dead. This sport sucks. It's all 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 steam ahead on NHL playoffs 2019. So, uh, Donnie, you ready to kick off our NHL hockey podcast? I am, but first... To the byline. It's in, it's in goal! It's a gift! Well, he's almost done well to get that in because he's ahead of the near post. He's almost behind him. Sticks his left leg out. It almost hits his heel. It goes straight into the bottom of the corner, bottom corner of the net. Gets ahead of the ball, it's the inside of his car. Got no chance to win the keeper. Astonishing position to get the ball into. What's new in the soccer world? Uh, or what's old in the soccer world, but was new a couple weeks ago <laughs> when, we, when we wrote this outline. So uh, ESPN has had to, they always hate to do this, but they did have to do it recently. They had to admit soccer's king. When they, when they listed the most famous athletes on the planet, not only was number one a uh, soccer player, but actually three of the top five were all soccer players. Ronaldo came in at number one, LeBron James at two, Messi at three, that bitch Neymar at four. And famous could also mean infamous, so with Neymar, more the infamous. And uh, Conor McGregor, definitely infamous, came in five. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I have no doubt that three of the most famous athletes in the world are, are soccer players. I definitely question the validity of these rankings, seeing as they put Neymar at number four. Um, I'm wondering if these, just like our, our recording policies, are a bit outdated. Uh, kind of feels like Mbappe might be a little more, a little more uh, famous in the soccer circles, at least. Um, so I can't wait for the next year or so for for his fame to, you know, sift out into the, the greater ether. Yeah, and um, I don't really have a good segue for this one, but this, <laughs> sometimes you just got to – hey, sometimes you got to call a spade a spade, you know? Sometimes we just got to go with a great non-sequitur. Yeah, but uh, I'll actually – I could have segued – you know what? If I switched the order of these two stories, I could have segued really nice into Mbappe, but I, so I really fucked this up left and right. <laughs> But they took this picture. This picture came out recently, and it was Suarez, Messi, and his wife driving in Suarez's car. And Messi was in shotgun, and Suarez's wife had to sit in the backseat. <laughs> I thought that was kind my, of funny. Here's, here's my question to you. Do you think, like, Messi, humble, great Messi, is actually kind of a dick and requires that he sits shotgun? Or do you think it was Suarez who's, like, definitely a dick and bites people and made his wife sit in the back seat for Messi. I think Messi is just very, you know, Messi likes to play with Legos, mind of a child. I don't think he was a dick. I just think Did when he they got to the car, yeah, he just he just went <laughs> shotgun <laughs> and just ran to the car. I definitely think Suarez was like Messi sits in the front. I'd like I liked I think that your rendition is more probable. I'd like to go with me as Messi as like the beautiful child like mind of a child, kind of innocent creature that I believe he is. Um, speaking of uh, speaking of children, 
and and, and pulling pull this all back into Mbappe, so the, these all three statements kind of uh, float together, yes. but not really. Uh, apparently, uh, <laughs> Mbappe was late to some fucking PSG meeting, so they fined him two hundred twenty thousand dollars. In the grand scheme of things, not much of a punishment. He will make that back in about three and a half days. Yeah, how do you punish somebody reasonably, but in a way that like it'll make a a dent when he's just gonna get that money back in less than a week? Yeah, it's just it's a bad look. Uh, speaking of French soccer players, ooh, that see that was a good one. Hey, dude, we're getting better at this. (laughs) Pogba. We're a little rusty. If you haven't known, we haven't recorded in a little bit. <laughs> uh, Pogba made World Cup champ like American style sport championship rings for France, and I, I love Pogba, but I really hate this. Like I really don't like it. I I like the the like you get you get the little medal right, you get the little medal thingy, and you get to share the trophy. And I I I I I get it, you know. You know, get that bling, flex on it, whatever. Whatever the the kids are saying these days, you know. Um, I wish, I but, wish the whole world could have just seen the movements Eric was doing. It was about the whitest thing I've ever seen. I, I don't know. I was trying to dab on him, I guess, uh, as as the kids say or as the kids used to say. Um, but I don't know. I I I gotta know. Did did he pay the iron price for it, or did he pay the golden price? Eric has been rewatching Game of Thrones. Clearly, um, just a little John Terry watch. Him and his family. Speaking of Game of Thrones, no, that's actually not. <laughs> Speaking of getting cucked, <laughs> John Terry and his family enjoyed a beautiful vacation skiing in the Swiss Alps. Got to see it on both John and, and Mrs. Terry's Instagrams. And Donnie really enjoyed watching all of the photos that that John Terry posts on Instagram, and that his wife posts. I actually think that the ultimate thing you can do in life as a man is to cuck John Terry himself. Cuck the master cuckster. No, 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 no. Don't, because you will lose. Yeah. Come at the king, you best not miss. When you when you play the Game of Thrones, you win or you die. Uh, I just... I'm just, I'm, I'm just trying to see how deep I can go before Donnie cuts this pot off. Yo, yeah, those of you who don't know, this is the first time I'm recording, pr- producing, and editing the podcast, so it's going to be part really of, shitty. Part of the reason that we've had a delay this time is that my computer has gone full broken. Um, we didn't even have to burn it for Neymar winning golden boot or, or golden ball, um, but my computer is on the fritz, and Donnie has taken up the mantle of producer, which means I'm just a personality. You, you people do not understand. There is nobody less qualified to record a like produce a podcast than me on this earth. Today, I had I almost called. Today, let's just say I had a very basic Microsoft Word issue that took me fifteen minutes to figure out. What was the issue? I really would rather not. What was, what was the issue? So every time I pressed enter, it would like it would like do a, an additional space. <laughs> And so I, I, uh, I've begun dating someone recently and she works for Microsoft and I almost had to call her because I didn't know how to fix it. Anyway, moving yeah, on. That, that, that double spacing can be a real big. Yeah. Uh, Bayern Munich president Uli Honus had a very interesting quote. Here it is. 
My friend Pep told me what happens when he wants a player that costs more than 100 million euros. He puts some videos of the player together and goes to see the Sheik. The next day, the Sheik raises the price of oil slightly and recovers the money. Wow. Yeah, next next time I gotta I gotta pay an extra fifty cents for a, a gallon of gas. Fuck I you, Pep. Thank, I can thank Pep for trying to buy buy back what Jim Sancho, whoever they're gonna try to purchase in the in the off season. Also, dude, Pep's sweaters are just getting really shitty these days. Dude, they're they're, they're the out buttons of are so big. They're out of hand. Although I prefer the big buttons to the ones where he has like thirty zippers. Like I. I you know, you know what I'm talking about? He's yeah, got like yeah, the yeah. one that just has zippers everywhere. It kind of looks like he got it out of like a sex dungeon. <laughs> um, now this next story, I actually have a huge fucking problem with a lot, a lot of this. This is actually something. Wait, wait, wait. I mean, I there's a but you have a big problem with the pep thing too, right? I mean, I mean yes, but at the same time, like, I do have a problem with that. But, like, that's, like, I, I didn't expect anything less. Like, I, I feel like I always knew that that was how it worked. Yeah. This, though, to me, I didn't it's know. something new, so, yeah. Well, yeah. it's something new. Exactly. Uh, you want to kick us off on this one? Yeah. Uh, so, Nike played a, quote-unquote, key role in Frankie DeJong's signing with Barcelona from... Uh, uh, Ajax. Ajax, there you go. Uh, I kept thinking PSV, and I was like, that is not the right one. Uh, Nike urged him to reject PSG and sign with Barcelona. Nike will pay a large amount of his salary. So I have like a lot of problems on many levels, and I want to I want to walk you, you through this and just see your thoughts. First of all, Nike also reps PSG. Technically, not anymore. Oh. Technically, Jumpman is. Nike owns Jumpman. Yeah, but kind of not really. They're separate. It's. I don't get it. It's, also, Nike, like, uh, also ju- PSG only uses Jumpman for the Champions League. Are they going to do Jumpman for all things starting next I've, season? I've, I've no, I have no idea. Because they still that. use Nike for the for the for the league. Eh. Also, the Jumpman logo looks pretty dope. Um, oh, but, yes. Um, but I, okay, so Nike still sort of yeah. represents PSG. Well, I think I think Jumpman is now its own entity, but nike has you know a less than interest. controlling state i think have less than a controlling interest okay fine but nike <laughs> paying a player's salary that a club should be paying that's i have a huge issue with that considering how many clubs nike reps like that's just a conflict of, i don't know i have a big problem with nike's involvement in this sort of deal yeah i just it's it, it, it feels fundamentally wrong to me and it smells like you collusion could, you, you, you could call this some baby back bullshit yeah, and it's honestly just more reason to hate Bar- Barcelona, to be honest. Especially when they get his teammate Mathis to, le- to legit, too. Especially when the banks in the Catalan region give them an unlimited credit line. Dude, I'm telling you, that's the Iron Bank always gets its gold. Jesus Christ, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is right, definitely right up uh, Eric's alley. DC Comics is suing the Liga Club Valencia for their 100-year anniversary crest because it's too similar to the Batman logo. Valencia with one of the all-time great responses. Yeah, this was fantastic. Uh, Valencia's response, when when this team started playing with a bat on their chest, people in the United States were still chasing Buffalo. <laughs> Oof. Oof. Re- really hitting the U.S. where it hurts when we were chasing <laughs> Buffalo. To be fair, I'm always chasing Buffalo sauce, so like, maybe, you know. Dude, yes. Now I really want Pluckers. 
this uh this pod is very pro buff sauce. Yeah. And buff guys. Oh yeah. Damn it. We should have this should have been our should have been our last our last new set new old news segment that would have put us perfectly into hot guy well speaking of uh uh, not really hot guys but the u.s the u.s women's (laughs) national team will be getting the world cup bonus equal to that of the hot guys men's team yeah good for them yeah uh danny drinkwater was not drinking water recently he was actually heavily intoxicated when he was arrested for drunk driving for those of you who are thinking who the fuck is danny drinkwater i don't blame you uh, two years ago, he was part of the Leicester City, like, miracle team that won the Premier League title. And then, like many other players of that team, you know, was signed by a bigger club, Chelsea. Eric, in all competitions this season, in all competitions, how many games, including sub-appearances, everything, all competitions, how many games do you think Danny Drinkwater has played for Chelsea? I think he's played one or two. One. It was, one, okay. it was like some, it was probably the fucking League Cup. The, the Carabao Cup. <laughs> yeah, the Caribou Cup. The Caribou Cup. <laughs> the Caribou Cup. In um, total, in all competitions, in two seasons, he has played 23 games. Oof, man. Whereas he would have played every game if he'd stayed at yeah. Leicester. So I hope the paycheck was worth it, and apparently... Also... Oh. Go ahead. Oh, say no, no. No, finish it. I was going to say, I hope the paycheck was worth it, but apparently he's not using that free time very well. <laughs> yeah, and before we move to the next segment, and I think you wanted to touch on this down in the the, the league recap, but I just got to say, Leonardo Bonucci is a fucking asshole and really, really shitty guy just overall. Gates is um, referring to the fact that um, his that, Juventus that, team... Yeah, yeah uh, Bonucci's teammate, Mo- Moise Keane, uh, scored a goal and went and celebrated, and then was subject to racial abuse from the fans of the of the opposing team. And after the game, Benucci said that his teammate Keen was fifty percent responsible for antagonizing the fans. So, I thought that the fans were racially taunting him all game. He scored, then he went to celebrate in front of them. That's what I thought the sequence was events was, but maybe I'm wrong. I mean, there there, there may have. That that could be correct. Either uh, way, th- e- either way, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He's he's for, like like if he had been not, like even if he wasn't his teammate, that would have been fucked up and wrong to say. But what really blew me away was that this was his this is King's teammate, like the guy he fights side by side with, who didn't take his didn't have his back. I'm going to put this as simply – you know what? When Eric and I first talked about this, I told it to him this way. If you are racially abused during a game and you get sco- and you score a goal, you can li- – and I would have no problem with you going to those fans, whipping out your cock, and fucking shaking it in their faces, and you shouldn't be punished at all in my opinion, and I stand by that. Yeah. I mean, that- <laughs> you can do that. I stand by that. You should be able to whip out your cock and fucking... And Moise Keane, I'm going to just tell you right now, that guy has big dick energy. He's, he's been on a tear the last couple weeks. Yeah. Seven goals in the last seven games for club and country. And with, look at that. When we, and as we talk about large penises, let's go to uh, Hot Guy of the Week. <laughs> Gatesy? Well, we, uh, we actually just had a, a preview of... No, I'm kidding. Um, I I kind of didn't want to pick a hot guy of the week because 
uh, soccer's dead and and the sport is over. Uh, but what is dead may never die, and I'm sure we're going to touch on it near the end of this podcast. But my hot guy of the week um, is hot guy for one performance today when all was dead and gone, all was lost, when Tottenham's great hero had fallen in combat. My boy, the man everybody loves, son, rises from the ashes and puts one in the net for Tottenham over Man City. It was a Hungman's son is my hot guy of the week. And also, second best smile in soccer, only behind Marcelo. Yeah, and Marcelo will eventually retire, so Son will get that mantle of best smile in soccer eventually. That day is coming, sadly. Uh, Dude, Son had such a good game. I mean, his goal, too, was just like maximum effort level of saving that ball and then just dribbling past people. That's a great pick. Really put Tottenham in a great position, especially, like you said, Harry Kane going down, but every time Harry Kane goes down, Son, uh, okay, fuck you for that. Uh, son, <laughs> son steps had, up to the plate. Gates, hot, so I, I write on our uh, on our agenda, our, our agenda. I write my hot guy of the week in all white, and Gates just blatantly highlighted I, I, over it. I definitely thought you weren't paying attention, but I. So I was going to pick a certain somebody, and then I I hesitated because I had a feeling you may be picking somebody, and I I, I pivoted to Son. So, my Hawkeye of the Week, we just talked about him. Moise Keane, seven goals in seven games. Uh, handling racial abuse, in my opinion, like an absolute consummate professional. And, and flexing on the haters. Flexing on the haters. And if you, okay, if you look, if he got a good haircut, he would be so hot. He just has a. I know, but I actually, I kind of dig the haircut. He's a very handsome, he has such a good looking face. <laughs> And he has a fucking octopus haircut. He has I ter- actually really like it. I fucking hate dude, his haircut. He, dude, he can mean mug like no other too. It's so oh. when when you when you said he had he's playing with big dick energy. That's when I was like, oh, I think I need to pick a, a different hot guy because I had a feeling. Yeah, yeah, no, he's he's killing it. He's been on a fucking tear, um, and I actually really like his hair. The way it, like, flops when he runs. <laughs> uh, it's kind of like it's a, it's, yeah. it's a spike that's alive. He's got that fucking Travis Scott haircut. Um, but another really cool story his mom told was that one day his mom called – he called his mom and he was like, Hey, mom, I just got signed by Juventus. You're moving in with me. They grew up very, very poor. And the first thing he did when he got signed with Juventus as a youth was just, like, take care of his mom. And I, I have a lot of respect for that. I really do. Oh, definitely. And with that, we go to uh, our other segment, Aptitude Test. I haven't highlighted it this time, I promise. So, for those of you who may be listening to the podcast for the first time, or being, or you've listened to it you know, the whole time, and you're like, we really hate when you explain this, this is basically, if so-and-so <laughs> wasn't involved in soccer, what would they be doing? Uh, you know, if Peter Crouch wasn't a soccer player, what would he be? A virgin, by his own words. If Antonio Cassano wasn't a soccer player, what would he be? A criminal, by his own words. So, you know, this is kind of where we take this segment. So, Eric Gates. If Alexi Lawless <laughs> hadn't been a U.S. soccer player or now a U.S. soccer commentator and analyst, what would he be? Well, A, he'd definitely be wearing jorts. <laughs> that much I know for sure. 
I mean, I'm trying to think of what could he be where he could be horribly underqualified at his job, really bad at oh my government God. bureaucrat. He'd be, he'd be a politician. No, 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 dude. He worked at the DPS. <laughs> Dude, there's no way anybody would vote for fucking Alexi Lawless. Actually, <laughs> uh, I could see Alexi Lawless being like the sheriff or deputy of like a, a rural, maybe you know, like Georgia, Tennessee town, and like he's that guy that that is wearing jorts on duty as like the sheriff of, of a small of a small town. It's funny that you say he'd be from a small town, kind of related. To what I was gonna say, he'd one hundred percent be married to his cousin. Oh yeah, yeah. He he just be married. Like, I don't know really what he'd do for a living, but as part of his life, he'd be married to his cousin in a like a backwards ass state like Mississippi. So uh, that is my um, that is my aptitude test. Uh, that, that was good. I like that. Alrighty, alrighty, alrighty. If he were not a soccer player for the U.S. national team, Uh what would Will Trapp be? (laughs) Uh, Would you want to you want to make that a large or an extra large, (laughs) ma'am? Will Trapp? My God, wouldn't work at a McDonald's or a Chick Fil A or a Whataburger. Will Trapp would work at a fucking Jack in the Box. The lowliest, unless you're my mother, the lowliest of fast food establishments. Wait, your mom likes Jack in the Box? Yes. But she's such an intelligent lady. Listen, she has even she has her flaws. <laughs> uh, he would absolutely be a, mat, a Jack in the Box assistant to the manager. Just like a, he'd be a, he's, he'd be, you know, he's a, he's a company man. He's a. You know, Greg Barharthur's guy, he's a real career man, just jack-in-the-box for his whole career. Well, I'm glad you said the Greg Berhalter's guy, real career man, because maybe this is just because of how he looks, but I can't see him not being just, like, a high school student teacher's pet, like, loves sucking up to the teachers, but in a way where he's definitely going to try to, like, fuck you over and, and tell you the wrong assignments and... and and make you look bad in front of the teacher so he can look better. Absolutely. I like that. Yeah. I like that. And you know what? That is actually a perfect uh, segue into Eric wants to bow and he wants some sort of fucking praise for me for setting that up. Good job, buddy. Uh, little recap of the recent U.S. friendlies that we had with Ecuador and Chile. Uh, uh. Overall, I was – very underwhelmed, but Greg Berhalter still gets to I say mean, he hasn't lost as U.S. manager. He's undefeated as U.S. manager, and these were not pushovers, right? This wasn't um, random Caribbean island country, right? Uh, these were Chile and Ecuador. Like these are talented countries, um, but I just—it's hard for me. Even if we had won, like you know, three nothing or something. It's hard for me to get excited when each team has seven substitutions to make. You're basically running through a, a new game in the second half. Uh, and, I mean, the game itself against Ecuador, yeah, they parked the bus a decent amount. Um, we still struggle to create chances despite vast we, possession. 
we 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 can't we cannot attack outside of the counter. Um, and Zardes' goal was an absolute fluke. That was yep, exactly. Our one goal was five hundred percent luck. And I was really not a fan of this whole Tyler Adams at right back thing either. Yeah, so I think where he's coming from is the idea of having a really talented, quick, ball playing, you know, offensive minded player uh, in that back line to be able to build the game up fully from the back. Kind of like when he played as a, a fullback, Philip Long was able to do. Uh, that being said, I think. You need your best players in playmaking positions, right? I think if your if your talent is stocked better and you're fully loaded, you can experiment with some fun fun things like putting um, a really really exceptional midfielder in at fullback. But what you're doing is taking one of your best players out of position and banking your Premier League starting stalwart fullback in DeAndre Yedlin. Who's your most also experienced, your mo- like one of your most experienced players of this squad, and arguably your best athlete as well. Where's the argument? Okay, no, the best Who's athlete. Who's a better athlete? No, nobody, nobody. It's Yedlin. If you if you consider strength, size, agility, speed, like hair, hair. Yeah, uh, I yeah. really I hated that, and also you just, I so desperately want to see, and I know you, I know you like Pulisic. Over to the left, and I accept that. But I, so, or, uh, uh, yeah. But, but I so desperately want to see that triangle of McKinney, Adams, Pulisic. Like I need it, Gates. I need it. Yeah, it's <laughs> what we got is not not what I wanted to see. Uh, Paul Nipples on the left. I I I didn't like that. Why can't you put? Yeah. It's... Yeah. It, just, it, it, it seemed to me to to lack offensive creativity. Um, you get McKinney, Adams, and uh, Pulisic in some sort of triangle. You know, they they can they can weave, they can s- switch positions, they it can cause problems. If you look at France when they went on this fantastic run to win the World Cup, the the, the issues they. Co- Excuse me. The issues they caused were defenders had a hard time marking their man because everybody they were such a fluid attacking force. Mbappe, with the exception of Olivier Giroud, Mbappe, Griezmann, Fakir, Pogba, they would whenever they were in, they would always float in between. And yeah, Giroud just took up space. But you could argue that that gave the actual talented players more room to do shit. Yeah. Um. I was also, you know, a little disappointed that Morris didn't get more time as the number nine of the team. Yeah. Uh, was happy to see him get around there. Um, U.S. Chile. Omar Gonzalez should never play a team for the U- for a game for the U.S. national team again. We have Matt Miazga. We have John Brooks. We have Cameron Carter-Vickers. We, fuck, we have that. We have we have long. I just. I just don't know why it ever gets to that point where he plays a game for us again. And not it's not be just like... because of the own goal. It's not just because of the own goal. He's just old, and he's never been that good. And and to be on the other side, because of the own goal, I felt insulted as a fan that he played. Yeah. 
Okay. <laughs> Part of it is because of the uncle. But there are other but there are non uncle reasons. How, how old is he now? Uh let me Wikipedia that one. Also, you type in Omar Gonzalez on Google and the first suggestion is Omar Gonzalez own goal. Okay, also, holy crap, he's only thirty. How is that possible? Wow. He does not look he did not age well. He plays like he's forty. He also looks like he's forty five. Like you show me a picture of him next to a picture of Francesco Totti, I'm gonna say they're the same age. Maybe Totti a year younger. Oh yeah, Totti is. But I mean, Totti is good looking, dude. That is a good looking Italian man right there. That's a hot. That's a fucking throwback hot guy for you. Uh yeah. Um, Zardes' assist to Pulisic and Pulisic's finish. Yeah, that was that, that was, was sweet. That was saucy. Uh, Zardes, Zardes, you know, looked pretty well. The problems that we've said about him from the get-go are still the problems. His first touch and his inconsistency finishing. And he, I mean, he was in great positions. He did have some really good hold-up play. He did score a goal, albeit a very lucky goal. Um, but there were still times where his first touch let him down and his, uh, his, his final touch let him down. I completely agree. Um, so, do you think he's the top striker for the USMT? Um, USMNT? He might be Burhalter's top striker. Because you know where Zardes plays now, right? Yeah. For he his... played for Burhalter. He played for Burhalter last year. Yeah. Um, but I think I would still rather see Bobby Wood, Josh Sargent, or Tim Way, or Jordan Morris, all before Zardes. Yeah, I, I know we we would prefer that. Um, I just, I guess the only other person I could see challenging would be uh, Josie, but he didn't get called to, called to camp. I have a feeling that we are transitioning the U.S. national team transitioning away from Josie Altador. Just be- I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm not saying it's but- good or bad. I'm saying. I have a feeling, we're, but I would also rather have Josie Altidore over Josie Zardes. Yeah, that's that. I'm okay hold with up, that transition. At least for his hold-up play, for the speed of well, Morris, Pulisic, McKinney, and exactly. Adams to play off him, kind of like use use him almost like an Olivier Giroud type figure to go with your French uh, metaphor. There, actually, he would be oh, the Olivier Giroud of the team, but with a much yeah. bigger ass. <laughs> yes. Um... That's a gladiator fight I would love to see. Giroud versus Altidore? Yeah. Just because Giroud's our, our, our long-standing uh, gladiator look. Yeah. Um, you know, and then against Chile, I feel like this is the same thing. Against a better team, they dominated possession. They had the better of the chances. Um, obviously, I was happy to see Bradley in there. And uh, I think once again... Yeah. Uh, Christian Roldan proved that if it came, to, if for whatever reason, you know, McKinney or Adams, you know, they were injured or something, that he should start over Will Trap. I think he proved that for like I the agree. third time. Also, yeah, a couple of things. That, that, that first game we, we didn't touch on was a pretty scary uh, challenge tackle uh, that took Weston McKinney out of the game, what, 75th minute or so. Yeah. Uh, look, look, prog- it looked pretty bad. People were saying he'd be out for the season. I, I don't know if he's gonna play, but 
he did return to training for Shaka this week. So uh, that's very encouraging signs. Um, second game, uh, Tyler Adams went back to uh, Leipzig because they, they requested that he come back early because they're they're trying to ensure that they get top four. Uh, and, and Berhalter wanted to you know, work in good faith with Leipzig, and, and so they released him. So no McKinney, no Adams, and then uh, – Pulisic gets hurt 35 minutes into uh, that game. So then we have, you know, three of the, you know, the golden boys of, of the next generation of U.S. soccer weren't weren't playing. Um, you know who did, I think, prove the haters wrong in all those Michael Bradley only passes backwards? He had some dimes. Dude, he was. He dropped some. They were pure low, Paul Scholes esque, just dropping them right in the perfect spot. Yeah, he he looked good. Uh, I agreed with you on Roll Don. I, I was impressed with Roll Don. Um, I was not impressed with Gonzalez. I I don't think Tim Ream is a, a, a full back of international caliber. One thousand percent agree with you. Um. I was surprised Paul Nipples got to play both games. I know, and I, and Jordan Morris has started out the MLS season really well, too. Yeah. I, I mean, I know I'm a Jomo, like, lover, and I have a hard-on for the guy, but he has started the season well. I expected him to get a little bit more minutes than he did with the U.S. Also, it would have been nice to see him in, like, a more advanced role, like, Nipples got to play in that second game versus playing truly behind Zardes on the right, like, in the first game. Yeah. I mean, once again, I I think that I'm kind of, you know, yeah, he hasn't lost a game, but he, he, I just, I'm not really liking what I see from I'm, Berhalter so I'm, far. I'm, I'm not ready to, to say that he's a bad, you know, he's Bruce 2.0. I didn't say he was. I just I'm, said I'm not liking what yeah, I see so far. And, and I, But I'm also not ready to say that I've seen anything that stands out to me, right? Yeah. Um, this is a, uh, you know, post- world cup year cycle part so the fact that i'm still seeing you know the fact that i'm seeing omar gonzalez i don't i don't get it it, it seems like a waste um no, no 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 it doesn't seem like a waste dude it is a waste it is such yeah, a waste I, just, I, I i i don't know um I, I i get the point of wanting to let um the Red Baron and Tim Weah play with the U23 camp because I think the Olympics are important. But just during during that the, the Chile game, you know, when I was looking at the roster and, and just who was missing, it really made me wish we had some more of those guys uh, yeah. available for selection. You know what I mean? That being said, I, I'm excited to to start following the U23 qualifying because I think um, I, you know I don't know. Uh, all the names yet, but at least that's a that, there's a, some fun attacking. I think uh, we got some good. Uh, oh yeah, Sebastian Sebastian well. Soto just signed for Hanover, and his man, the manager already said that he sees him as a very important piece of Hanover in, in the next few seasons. Like like he said, in as early as the next season, which is great to hear. Um, I think on that U twenty three, I think we also have uh, Anthony Robinson. We got Reggie Cannon, if I'm not mistaken. We do. Uh, so it's gonna be two, two, two of the fullback spots. Uh, so there's, there's, there's some, 
some potential for uh, exciting U23. Yes, sir. Well, I think for that, we leave USA behind and we have to go to the uh, difficult, for Gatesy and I at least, difficult world of club soccer. (laughs) Gates has made a fart sound and is now flying down. Uh, Starting with the Premier League, starting with Manchester United. No, I'm sure nobody's surprised. Uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has been named the permanent manager of Manchester United, and things have not looked well for him in the last four games. He's lost three of his last four. Two 2-1 losses to Wolverhampton. One in the FA Cup, one in the league. Uh, we talked about it last episode, that 2-0 loss to uh, per- to Arsenal, where we really dropped out of the top four. And might, we had, I'll get to that in a second. Um, but we did have a 2-1 win over Wat- Watford. So the first things first, United aren't going to make the top four. It's just, it does, I just don't think with six games left, having to still play Chelsea and Man City just doesn't look good. But let me tell you something about that Wolverhampton game. First of all, we should have been 2-3-0 up in the first half. Again, like the Arsenal game, Lukaku has chances, fucking wastes them. But Mike Dean, Mike Dean, <clears throat> fuck you in that second yellow to Ashley Young. First of all, he got the ball, then got the man. Second of all, He's the first ref, Premier League ref, to 100 red cards. He did it in 477 games. And it's not even, like, the distance between him and the guy who's going to get 100 not next, not even, it's close. not even close. He's also given out 1,720. He gives out four yellow cards a game. Second time this season, he sent off a United player. I have also said, another point that I've said from the beginning is that Ashley Young is a hard worker and a good locker room guy, but is an absolute liability at a, at yeah. a fullback. And that has come to bite United time and time again, we need to just, we need a right back. I just, we, like, we have Luke Shaw, beautiful, mag, okay, the Watford game. The pass Luke he played. Luke Shaw is so hot right now. The pass he played to Rashford for that goal, incredible. Yeah. We just need a Luke Shaw of the right side because Ashley Young is killing us. <laughs> uh, Liverpool. They've won all their games. Uh, beat Fulham and Tottenham 2-1. Tottenham with a heartbreaking 90th minute own goal Ugh. to lose the game. It was hard to watch. However, Tottenham did op- they finally opened up the new White Hart Lane. However, you're not supposed to call it the new White Hart Lane, but I'm calling it the new their new stadium. Finally, they played some games in it and beat Crystal Palace 2-0. And when we get to the Champions League, they got even a sweeter one after that. Uh Manchester City just been rolling, beat Fulham and Cardiff 2-0, not even trying. Chelsea lost 2-0 to Everton, bounced back with a wins over Cardiff and Brighton. In the Brighton game, uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi got his first start and played really, really well, actually. And they also beat West Ham. Uh, Arsenal, they beat Newcastle 2-0. And your table stands at Liverpool City at the top. Liverpool up by two points, City a game in hand. Chelsea is up to up into third, but they have a game in hand over fourth, fifth, and sixth at 66. Tottenham 64, Arsenal 63, United 61. So, it's going to be tough for United uh, to make the top four. I think they're not going to. I think their only chance would be to win the Champions League, which they're also not going to. I think, I mean, Tottenham without Kane, though. I mean. I mean, if Arsenal really fucks up and we have to for sure beat Chelsea. But see, then here's here's another problem I have, Eric. Here's a moral problem. I would rather, I mean, obviously I'd rather only Man U win it, but between, if I had to pick between City and Liverpool, I would rather City win the Premier League title, but Man U needs to get the points over City, but then Liverpool, like, it's just, it's just so, I just, I'm so unhappy. 
then then I have to ask myself the question. What's more important, Champions League or, or Liverpool? Manu or Liverpool not winning the Premier League title? And I, yeah. I, uh, I believe the Germans call it Scheidenfreude, where uh, your enemy's displeasure is, is is more important to you than your own pleasure. They have never won the league title since I have been alive, Eric. I just... I don't know. I don't. I don't want to talk about it. We're moving on. I, Syria. I think. I think you get over it more. It, it would be less consistently painful than every Champions League uh, match day when you're like, "Oh, tomorrow I gotta watch us play in the Europa League." Oh, dude! I don't think we're gonna finish fifth either. I don't think we're gonna in the Europa, <laughs> buddy. Buddy, what the fuck are you talking about? Okay, Gatesy, put down the fucking crack pipe. <laughs> With that, let's do, I have, let's, do we have to? I mean, so um, soccer sucks. Soccer sucks, and um, they say "What is dead may never die," but I think that's bullshit. When everything's dead, it's gone, and that this has been your Italian soccer recap. Um, Donnie, back to you. <laughs> so um, <laughs> last time we potted, this was in the lead up to the Milan derby. Where I had been, Milan had been in fantastic form going into the derby. Inter had been struggling, and I said, I believe on record, that I was very nervous for this. Uh, I hate it when you go into a derby with one team flying high and the other team really struggling because that those runs of form never survive these types of fierce rivalries where form goes out the window. Inter one three two. And Milan that was a crazy pro- game, though. Milan proceeded to uh, follow that loss up with a one nothing loss to Sampdoria, and they followed that loss up with a one one tie with Udinese, and they followed that lo- that tie with a two one loss to Juventus, where once again the refs had a, a couple egregious errors, and they actually had to admit fault and denying Milan a clear handball penalty kick. Um, they also refused to admit fault and failing to red card Chiellini after he uh, opened or, or studs up, kicked Alessio Rimagnoli, Um because apparently that's not a recardable offense anymore, just trying to kick somebody in the back of the, of the thigh with your studs. Uh, but it, it's Juventus, so you know that that's that's how things go. Anyways, Milan sucks. Uh, somehow, after only getting one of a possible twelve points in the last four games, they only dropped from third to fourth, uh, which is fan- incredible. Um, that's because Atalanta, Roma, Lazio haven't done a great job in terms of picking up points in, in that run of games. Uh, the table stands at Juventus, twenty points ahead of second place Napoli. That that's that, 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 that dead and gone. Um, Napoli is, uh, I think, seven points clear of of Inter for a stronghold on second place with uh, eight eight matches left. I think maybe seven matches left. Uh, then you've got Inter at five points clear of Milan. I think they're going to end up being pretty safe in third. 
You've got a log jam for that fourth place spot, though. Milan at 52 points, Atalanta at 52 points, Roma at 51 points, Lazio three points behind fourth place with a game in hand. So, holy you know, shit. If, if you assume they're going to win their game in hand, they're going to be, it'll be three teams tied on 52 points Milan, Atalanta, Lazio with Roma one point behind. Um, and then you have Torino three points behind. So, you've got five teams competing within, tied or within one game. Um, that kind of leads us to, this weekend's matchup, Milan Lazio, this is going to be a massive tie. Uh, the way Serie A does tiebreakers is obviously points first, and then it's head to head record. As opposed to so, the traditional goal differential route. As opposed to goal differential. So, for example, Atalanta and Milan are tied on points. Atalanta has a uh, plus seven goal differential or plus eight goal differential over Milan, but Milan are in fourth over Atalanta because they drew one game and Milan won one game. So Lazio Milan drew the first game of the season. So whoever wins this one will also have the tiebreaker over, over each other uh, leading us to Roma Milan, which I believe Milan also has the tiebreaker over. It's going to be a very – we've been saying this all season. Uh, fourth place is going to be uh, – come down to the wire. Um, of course, last time we potted, it looked like it was going to be Inter that was falling fast, but they've righted the ship, and now it's it's Milan's turn to bail out water as fast as they can. Before we transition to La Liga, I want to mention uh, the Premier League also confirmed the first two teams to be relegated. The first one was Eric Huddersfield <laughs> Town, who have won <laughs> – three games all season I know and the second one is Fulham who have won four games all season which had my pick for uh young young no yeah yeah dude okay Raheem Sterling is now being who is my pick for young player of the year is is now seriously being talked about as a pick for player of the year as well yeah so um but La Liga this is going to be short and sweet because there was an eight point gap going into the weekend where if Atletico could have won they could have made it five and I could have cared for a second Atletico, but Atletico has to Atletico. Atletico has to Atletico. Our, a friend of the podcast, Archie Vervali, was on the ground at the game. Actually, uh, he's one of the own, one of the own goal reporters. Said it was a dope atmosphere, and uh, Messi and Suarez snatched it late. Eleven point gap. It's over. It really comes down to who's going to finish second or and third versus Atletico and Real. Not that it really has any significance whatsoever. Uh, Zidane has won his first two games as Real Manager, but then for- suffered his first defeat to Valencia. Benzema has scored four goals in four games under Zidane, so Benzema's liking Zidane being back. Uh, Messi has just been god-tier this season, man. I mean, he yeah. did not take the Ballon d'Or ranking very well, and he has... I mean, he would be my player of the season if the season ended today, just individual talent Why? I mean, he is... I think there's been maybe less than five games in all competitions he hasn't scored or assisted for Barcelona. He's He's been on a tear. Uh, yeah, he's on, he's on fucking fire. And so, yeah, La Liga's over. I'm going to throw it to Bundesliga before we sort of talk about the Champions League. Bundesliga's got just a few interesting storylines. First is, did you see the Tyler Adams assist? Yes. 
Uh, he had a like half half uh, you know pitch pass. I don't know what the hell you call it. He had a through ball that that went half the distance of the field, uh, perfectly setting up Yusuf Polson's hat trick uh, in Red Bull Leipzig's latest win. I think they're it's not guaranteed yet, but I I feel like with the way they're playing, they're a lock for final for for top four. Uh, and I'm very excited to see Tyler Adams next next year in, in Champions League. It's one of the few things that this podcast has to be excited about soccer wise. Yeah, um, last couple of weeks has been interesting in terms of the title race. Uh, I think what, the week before the international break, Barca dropped points. Barca and Dor- <laughs> Bayern dropped points. The other B powerhouse in um, the, the a league that isn't the Premier League or Italian Italian league. Um, Bayern dropped points, and Dortmund snatched a late late goals to take the lead in, in the the league table, and then leading up to this last weekend's uh, Der Klassen, which I don't know what that means, but that's what they call the Bayern Dortmund match where Bayern they Dusseldorf them? Is that is that Dusseldorf? Five zero against yeah. your against the team you're vying for for the league? Four zero after the first half? Yeah buddy, that's a fucking Dusseldorf. There is shit yeah. everywhere. Bayern shit on Dortmund's car. Dude, Bayern shit on Dortmund's car, Dortmund's parents' car, Dortmund's son's car. <laughs> Everyone who likes, who supports Borussia Dortmund has shit on their car. That was humiliating. So, I know it doesn't account for the whole scoreline, but I'd like to point out that uh, Dortmund started playing Christian Pulisic a little bit more, and they started getting out of the slump. They got first place back. Then he got hurt. They obviously couldn't play him. And now this happens, and they are securely in the uh, passenger seat for the rest of the season. I honestly think I can't really think of anyone else who's going to win when we do our awards episode at the end of the season. Mental midget of the year. I just don't know how. Than, than Dortmund. I don't know how anyone but Dortmund's going to be mental midget. I mean, unless something impossible happens. Over the like, unless Barcelona take a five-zero uh, lead uh, against Man U and uh, blow it. Did you see the PSG missed goal? Oh, dude! <laughs> to to clinch the uh, the league. I I, I watched that video. Can- Dark horse candidate for mental midget. <laughs> I watched that video so many times. I did not understand how he missed. Physically, how the ball doesn't go in. It's like he kicked it. He The ball's touching the post, and he just kicked the ball into the post, and it doesn't move. Yeah. Um, well, I guess let's transition to the Champions League and wrap this thing up. Before we do that, I wanted to be noted that one of the reasons I wanted to record last week was because I was hoping to make a new double or nothing wager on picks, which was kind of hard to do now that after certain games have played. But I, Gates faked being sick last week, so he, he didn't have to, like, give up anything. And I stand by that statement that Eric 1,000% faked being sick. You bastard. Because the picks are kind of irrelevant for the first two legs just because... Half my office was has been sick for like the last month. I came down with something, and I stand by that. 
Listen, hey, I, if I was lying, I'd double down on my lie too, buddy. <laughs> uh, so the first, Liverpool-Porto. Of course, Liverpool got Porto. Of course, Liverpool won 2-0 at home. Porto didn't get an away goal. Porto's pretty fucked. It's over. It's done. Now, it this, this game had everything. 10th-minute VAR penalty for Man City. Sergio, you want to tell people which game? Oh, Tottenham-Man City? Yeah. Uh, you, got a little, you, got, you got a little excited jumping right into Dude, yeah. The, uh, I watched the, the whole game at work. It was great. <laughs> uh, Sergio Aguero steps up. Hugo Lloris with the save. Tottenham looked really good, really defensively organized. Second half, Harry Kane goes down. Man City on the tear. You think, you know, being able to bring on the cavalry off the bench. Uh, Jesus, Gabriel Jesus and Kevin De Bruyne. It looked all good for Man City. And then... Your Hawkeye of the Week, <laughs> Homing Son. Absolutely just ultimate hustle play to save the ball. The work ethic. The work ethic. Incredible. Incredible. Tottenham, second game at their new stadium, second win, 1 0. And they're taking a. How'd, how'd the crowd atmosphere look? Incredible. They were. I know there were, there were reports about lackluster for the, 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 the opener. I think they were amazing for this game. Nice. I mean, they were bumping it. So those were the first two uh, legs of the quarterfinals. Tottenham in a great position because having kept a clean sheet at home, they get one goal in the away leg. City has to score three. Yeah. Now, that being said, Kane going down is a big blow. And and Tottenham doesn't have the best history of um, holding on to leads in the Champions League knockout. No. They are decisively not good at that. Uh, now, man, if this if this game was being played six, seven years ago, I'd be really excited. But now I'm just terrified. Manchester United, Barcelona. We got Old Trafford tomorrow. Donnie, it's okay. Chris Smalling said he's not worrying. He's excited to take on Messi. Yes, he's excited to take on Messi from the bench. Actually, he's probably going to start. Uh, actually, no, Luke Shaw, man Mark Messi. That's the only way. Well, Luke Shaw is also now our best offensive player, as he proved with that assist. Yeah, you, yeah you, you, the problem is Luke Shaw is now your Marcelo. Yeah, Luke Shaw is like. It's a good point. Uh. Yeah. Who's who's also any any key absences? Or are you guys? I think we're more or less good to fully go. Fully loaded. Yeah. I don't know, dude. Messi is just really. The problem yeah. is. If you take Barcelona, if you take Messi away, same with Juventus and Ronaldo. You take those two out of the equation, like if those two guys are on the team, those teams are beat. Like, yeah, you'd rather not face them, but they're very beatable. But the thing is, you can like have the problem a, is, the, yeah. The problem is, we can go out there and score three goals, and Messi could get a hat trick, and we we just conceded three away goals. <laughs> like that's the like ah fuck. And you know we played them in the 2009 final, lost 2-0. Played them in the 2011 final. Or 2013, one of those two. 2011 or 2013, I don't remember. 2011, lost 3-1. We haven't beat them since we beat them in the 07-08 season when Paul Scholes just had that rocket. It was the only goal of the tie. And we won the Champions League that year. But I will say this. The winner of this tie will win the Champions League. Wait, no, I'm not ready. Actually, I'm not ready to say that. I take that. that. I take that. No, no, no. I forgot that Ronaldo's still in it. I'm just say, let's say, have you looked at the 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 matchup that we haven't covered yet? No, I didn't look at that one when I said that. So I'm the winner of this league may or may not win the Champions League. Um, 
I'm actually very excited for Ajax Juventus. I think the the style of play that Ajax has and just the sheer talent of Juve, that could be a very fun tie, especially if Ajax goes out and plays without fear like they did against Real. I totally agree. I think it has going to be a great tie. And I think the soccer world, like it may not be good for Ajax, but I think as a community, we got a boost knowing that Ronaldo trained today and is most likely going to play tomorrow. Yeah, yeah that, he's going to play. Because that he's going to play. He's he's going to score a goal. <laughs> it's, it's it's usually uh, what he does. It, it, I mean, it's literally the only thing he does in knockout Champions League. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 very excited. I I have a feeling that Tottenham's going to screw the pooch and shitty next. In the, in the reverse leg are gonna you know i have if we had done picks before i would have had liverpool city barcelona juventus which is really four really like four teams i would like three of those like i don't like juventus but i mean i literally hate those those are like my liverpool city barcelona are my three least favorite teams in soccer and the one you didn't mention is one of my least favorite teams in soccer yeah the only reason i don't even i, I don't dislike juventus this year is because they have ronaldo so, I mean, it'd be dope if Man U surprised us, but they won't. Or if Ajax surprised me. Or if Tottenham, or if P- Porto surprised us. I don't think they're coming no, back. No, but what if they did? I don't think, <laughs> I think, I think, I mean, obviously Tottenham has a very good chance of advancing. I just, it, it feels like that's the one that's most likely to switch from the first leg to the second leg. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But hey, Gates, maybe we listen. This podcast is ending tomorrow. Your Tampa Bay Lightning play. They've been on a tear. That's gonna make you happy. No, I'm so nervous because this, this season means nothing if we don't win the cup. Uh, I sports are literally the worst. I absolutely hate them, and everything that sports touches turns to ash. Well, you heard it from Eric Gates here, co-host of uh, Own Goal Podcast, a, a sports podcast that sports are the worst. I think on that bombshell, we're going to end. Uh, thanks for listening. As always, please share the podcast with your friends and family. Gates, maybe you don't share it with anyone right now. I don't want you to bring this negative energy to the pod. But uh, you can follow us on Twitter, at Own Goal Pod. Uh, you can email us. Please email us, owngoalpod at gmail.com. And we have an Instagram account coming. We really do. I said this a month ago, and it's just as true now as it was then. It is coming. Hopefully, hopefully Gates and I will podcast in the next couple of weeks. Probably not. We'll fuck it up. But I really hope that we don't. Anything else to say, Gatesy? Oh, nope. He just has said, just stood there in silence, so I'm just gonna wrap it up. Bye! I was sitting wishing in this barren desert wasteland all alone. Hoping that mirages were in some type of scene I've come to know. She whispered closely, told me this is all that we could ever be. would be the enemy and destroy our destiny cause our love is a battlefield and I'm a soldier